Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to this week's Farm Talk. I'm Marie Tuig. On the programme, we continue our weekly look at the world of agriculture and food, a joint cross-border appeal for increased awareness of farm safety, an increase in dairy consumption for under 35s during the COVID-19 lockdown, how poor internet signals impact those in rural communities, our Tagusk advisories with business and technology advisor Podrick McCormack, Dairy Gold's ruminant technical manager Liam Stack joins us. We hear from Macron Affirma Munster Vice President Sean Wallace. Also, Farm Talk's John O'Connor looks at stories making the agri news this week. Farm Talk on C103. Ministers from both sides of the border have come together to call for increased awareness of farm safety on the entire island of Ireland. Farm Talk's John O'Connor has more details. In a joint press release issued on farm safety on June 24th, 2020, the statement issues as follows. With the ongoing high rate of fatal farm incidents in 2020, the Minister for Agriculture, Food and the Marine, Michael Creed, TD in the Republic, and the Northern Ireland Minister for Agriculture, the Environment and Rural Affairs, Mr Edwin Poots, as well as the Northern Minister for the Economy, Mr Diane Dodds, and in the Republic, the Minister for Business, Enterprise and Innovation, Ms. Heather Humphreys, TD, have come together to highlight the need for all farmers and all of those involved in agriculture to play their part and reduce the rate of farm incidents. In this joint appeal, the ministers said, We all have a long association with farming and all have seen firsthand the devastation that follows from incidents and fatalities. It is very concerning to see a surge in the number of fatal farm incidents in our farms. The ministers added the majority of these accidents have occurred during the COVID-19 restrictions. And in particular, it's sad to see the number of children and older people who have died on our farms in recent weeks. There's been a remarkable level of public awareness across both jurisdictions on the need to flatten the COVID curve. Faced with an overwhelming public health imperative, practices such as physical distancing, coughing etiquette and hand sanitising have become a cultural norm. In part of this joint statement from ministers on both sides of the border, it stated that we need a similar and immediate effort if we are to make a real impact on the prevalence of farm incidents. Farm safety has to be built into our DNA. We have demonstrated with our collective response to COVID-19 that this can be done. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. 
Sergeant Tony Cronin from Mallow Garda Station was on C103's Garda file on Cork today with Patricia Messenger. He warned road users that more agri-vehicles will be on the roads and he also urged farmers to be safe around machinery and livestock. Now the season isn't great for the hay at the minute with the, the rain etc. So we will have more tractors and trailers out now with the second crop of silage coming on and the, hopefully the, the hay season will kick in. So we'll have a lot more tractors and trailers on rural roads also on the main roads but especially on rural roads so we would ask them all motors whether you're an L driver an N driver or a very experienced driver just to be um, uh, more diligent that you will have more traffic on the road at this time and also for the the drivers of these tractors that uh, that they drive safely and that they make sure that their uh, equipment their tractors trailers tyres etc are all in good condition because they'll be having carrying loads with um, um, substantial weight on them. Okay, and uh, sadly we have seen uh, people lose their lives to farm accidents again uh, this year. Your advice is to farmers is to stay safe. Stay safe as best you can if uh, you're working in machinery and not to be having children um, nearby close to you, if at all possible. And also if you're working with uh, livestock, that you have um, the assistance with you, you know, to do whatever duty uh, or care to the livestock that you need to do and to be mindful of uh, that at all times because they can be very unpredictable, the livestock. Derry Gold's Ruminant Technical Manager Liam Stack joins us this week to talk about worms in cattle. Some farmers are looking into getting their dosing regime in line with many cattle susceptible to contracting worms across the summer months. I started by asking Liam what type of worms are cattle susceptible to now? First of all, Marie, thanks very much for having me on. Right now, um, the main parasites that cattle will be facing grass are buckworms, lungworms and fluke to some degree in young stock. And we are after having rain now after a very dry spell. And, you know, in that kind of weather conditions, the challenge will increase. So right now is a very high risk period for worms, the cattle, the grass. And how do they affect stock? Like, do they affect animals differently at different stages or are some more susceptible than others? Your younger animals, so your, your calf um, would be would have no immunity to any kind of a worm. Dairy calf would be of a higher risk than sucker calves because dairy calves are eating more grass, have more grass in their diet, whereas sucker calves are predominantly drinking milk from their mothers. As your animal gets older, they should build a natural immunity by exposure to these worms in their first year of grazing. So your second year grazing cattle would have a greater level of immunity. Whereas your sucker cattle that are in their second year of grass might not have the same level of immunity built up that a dairy animal would have built up in their first year. And then your more mature animals, you know, your three-year-plus animals or your mature cows should have a good immunity and should be okay unless they're immunocompromised or immunochallenged in some degree. How fast do farmers need to act to reduce the effects of them? Like, what should a farmer watch out for? What kind of symptoms? Parasites can have clinical and subclinical effects. The main symptoms of buckworms are loose dung, poor size is a big thing, you know. Are your calves gaining that 0.7 of a kilo a day at grass? You can use dung samples and look at the, the detection of eggs or the level of eggs contained within dung samples and a, a fecal egg count of greater than 200 eggs per gram is an indication that you may need to treat for gut worms. But not all groups will be affected the same. If you're coming across you know, calves that are coughing at grass, even though there's quite a lot of respiratory diseases that can lead to calves coughing at grass, and the main parasite would be lungworm. And if stock are coughing due to lungworm, you need to do something immediately. The one thing about lungworm and, and calf and gut worms and with calves is that the products that kill gut worms are the same products that we kill lungworms. So if you are treating your calves with gut worms, you generally, generally will be treating um, your calves for lungworms too. 
you will see cows coughing at grass now as well, especially the risk, as I said, is higher because of the weather we're after getting the rain after a dry spell. If you have adult cows that are coughing, you can only use an epronomectin, which is a zero milk withdrawal so for lactating an animal. These are available in injectables and forearms. And when you're treating cows for lungworm, you need to be mindful of the fact that even after treatment, your cows are going to cough for a period of time until all the dead lungworms have cleared the animal system. Can you talk to me about the anthelmintic resistance? Anthelmintic resistance is something that's getting mentioned more and more of late. The genes responsible for anthelmintic resistance are believed to be present in all worms across the whole population of worms. And when you treat an animal with an anthelmintic, this kills all the susceptible worms, allowing only the resistant worms to survive. And the surviving resistant worms output eggs onto, um, in the dung onto pastures, and this results in a higher level of resistance within the population of worms that are out of grass. There's three different wormer types that are used in Ireland. There's um, your white worms, um, which will have no residual effect. There's your yellow worms, like your levanosomes, and there would be your macrophytic lactones. These are pure worms, like the vipermectin, your moxidexin, your ripperinexin. What has been found is that, at this stage, that there is resistance across all three classes of products. So, when you're looking at which product to buy, you know, are looking at using your antimintage responsibly at farm level, that you should be looking at changing the class of product that you're using and not using the one class of product completely on your farm because parasites are resistant to a class of product, not just a product name within a class. And I suppose, Liam, looking into the future, do you think there's going to be more products coming onto the market? Well, the world of antimintics and how we use them is changing. There is greater resistance to products that we have been using. And if you look at post-2022, we will need a vet prescription for antimintic for products for dosing animals. And this will be, you know, written by a vet based on some combination of a clinical visits and dung samples and mixed screens. I don't think that there will be more products coming on the market. I think we'll be using products based on a need, not prophylactically using products. However, there is some research work being done and, you know, science is a great thing and has a great way of finding answers to the problems that we're set with within farming. And, you know, research being done at the moment in UCD with multi-species swords with lambs is showing that there is some extra benefits from some of these different varieties of grasses when it comes from a parasitic standpoint. What we use now and how we use them will definitely will evolve over the coming years. And I suppose just looking at the economic effects of this, you know, and if, if the cattle get worms, what kind of an economic impact does that have on the farmer? The impact of worms is poor choice. So, you know, you're getting a lower level of daily life weight gain. And for dairy farmers, you know, it's hugely important that these replacement heifers hit their, their weights for own economically that it costs about 1500 euro to rear a heifer to two years of age like and if you miss the 24 month window that it's, it you know that, that, that the cost of rearing the heifers you know multiplies up very very quickly from a, a milking cow standpoint lungworm infection has been associated with a drop in milk so if you have a cow that, that, that are coughing you know treat quickly use your anti-mintage responsibly and you will see probably a, a yield benefit on, on the back of that. The third meeting of the Beef Task Force took place by video conference on the 25th of June. Agreed minutes and relevant update documents will be published on agriculture.gov.ie. The ICMSA is calling for a 120-day TB test to be maintained for calf sales within Ireland. Farm Talk's John O'Connor has more details. The ICMSA say that given the seasonal nature of calving in Ireland, with peak sales in the February to May period, allied to the changing farming structure and growth in part-time farming, an older calf they contend is often more attractive to many buyers. And the current 42-day TB test requirement is a major barrier that impacts on the age of sale of the calf. 
The introduction of the 120-day requirements due to COVID-19 had been a welcome development and feedback from farmers was it had also impacted positively on how they market their calves with farmers being able to meet the demand from some farmers who require an older calf with the sellers also getting a better price for that calf. In the statement issued by Mr Lorcan McCabe, Deputy President of the ICMSA, he says that the ICMSA believed the Department should now consider maintaining this 120-day TB rule in the longer term, given the benefits it's delivered already in allowing the calf trade to operate in a more structured way and also meet the demand of certain farmers. It's been a positive development and should be maintained, according to Mr McCabe, Deputy President of the ICMSA, John O'Connor for Farm Talk. Netflix watch parties, virtual farm walks and online quizzes are just some of the activities that members of Mochran Affirma have been involved in over the past few months. Sean Wallace is Munster Vice President and a member of Dunamore Mochra and he joins us on Farm Talk. I started by asking Sean about how the last few months have been for Mochra. They've been interesting to say the least. Um, I don't think when we started off the year back last September that we'd have envisaged anything like this coming along our way once the announcement came in the middle of March that the, there was going to be a lockdown and all the restrictions that came with us, we kind of pulled the plug on an awful lot of things fairly early on or postponed them. I know a lot of our festivals and competitions for the 2019-2020 calendar year were, were postponed and cancelled. Club and county meetings moved online. Our national AGM took place there at the start of June. That, that moved online, I think, was the biggest Zoom call I've seen. There was over 80 people in attendance on it. A lot of what we did in the early stages was moving everything to digital alternatives where we could. And I suppose at the moment we're, we're kind of putting a plan in place to come back physically. It's great that we have social media because it's so important that, you know, members of Mocker can stay in touch. And it's important as well for, for the likes of mental health. Oh, 100%. A lot of our clubs and counties are, are around the country and particularly within Munster and, and Cork, they were very good in adapting to the to the online to using social media and moving their activities online. I know there's been virtual farm offs taking place on the likes of Snapchat and Instagram. There's been Netflix watch parties in, in various different clubs and counties. Online quizzes got very popular there for a while. I know particularly down in Carberry, I think the 13 clubs in Carberry, each of them did a virtual walk the distance from Castletown, Bearty and Shannon and back. So we were tracking their progress very closely on on their Facebook page. And look, there's been other activities there around the country. There's been virtual speed dating. We normally have a national talent competition, which would involve singing, dancing, comedy, all that sort of thing. That that was moved online. There were some very good entries in that. You can see there is a huge amount of activity happening uh, just to keep members in touch with each other and keeping them somewhat sane during the lockdown. So it's fantastic that everyone was able to stick together. And I suppose that's part of Mokra as well, that, you know, you come together, you join a club and you make friends for life. Yeah, exactly. I know there's a few people, all right, they could have had three or four different Zoom calls or Microsoft team calls during the week just between between the quizzes and everything else that was going on. Um, it, it was great to, to have people stay in touch via video call when they couldn't do it in person. And I suppose, you know, another social media channel that's uh, blown up recently is TikTok. But I know it's been, you know, it's been featured in, in news reports recently about, you know, videos featuring, I suppose, dangerous activities on farms. I guess it's important to remind people as well that, that that's not, you know, it's not something that they should involve themselves in. 
no, definitely not. Like, there's no amount of likes or retweets or anything that's worth just run, running the risk of, of there being an accident on a farm or, or anywhere for that matter. There was some very good use of social media in terms of, you know, the, the virtual farm walk that I mentioned, people showing how their enterprise works and things that they're doing maybe slightly differently. But we certainly wouldn't be condoning any blackguarding, I suppose, on social media just to get, again, a few likes or whatever. One thing that is important for social media to work is that we have internet and rural broadband is is a big issue. And I know um, earlier this week we had a report from Bandon where people have actually had to go to the local church to get internet. So do you find that from like your rural members that broadband is a big issue. There's certainly a wide range of internet facilities around the place and in a, in a lot of places it just isn't up to scratch. I know there was mention in the in the programme for governments that they're going to seek the acceleration of the rollout of the national broadband plan. We probably need a firmer commitment in that because it's important to keep young people in rural Ireland that are able to live and to work in rural Ireland. For example, our AGM there, there was an awful lot of our members while they were able to dial into the call they weren't able to, to use the video aspect of it for some parts of it that the internet just wasn't strong enough. So if we are serious about threatening rural Ireland and, and regional development, we do need stronger broadband to be delivered sooner rather than later. And we'll hear more from Sean later on in the programme. The government has been called on to speed up the rollout of high-speed broadband to rural areas across Cork. Three people from Gagan are currently working in their cars in a car park in Bandon because of poor internet signals in their homes. C103 senior news reporter Fiona Corcoran has been speaking to them for Farm Talk. And it opens with Tony Cullnan. I work with a company, CNH Industrial. Like I normally work from home and I do a bit of travelling in that but um, with the lockdown it was work from home but obviously the the broadband was really really poor so to do Teams calls to download any big files or anything like that I have to come into the churchyard here. I could be in here for an hour, I could be in here for four hours depending on what's happening each day. We had training there a few weeks ago so there were extended sessions on Microsoft Teams. I had to leave the training early because the battery in the laptop went so once the battery went, I had to go and that was that. So I'll go home and have something to eat, charge the laptop and get back in again. It's Maeve O'Sullivan Kennedy. I was working full time in office in Cork and when lockdown started, we were advised obviously to work from home where it initially was a trial period um, before the actual full lockdown kicked in. So I've been working at home since I think 7th of March. Um, the company have said that the everyone will be working from home until the 1st of September. And after that point, there will be a phased basis of people returning to work. So maybe 20% of people returning to work from the 1st of September. But I expect that, that everyone won't be going back for a long time. It's emotionally draining. It's physically draining if you're in the car. It's, it's And the stress factor is unbelievable. You just don't know when it's going to go. Uh, I've been in the middle of a call, a client call for work, and the internet just goes. And I, I'm off, dropped off a call for 20 minutes trying to jump in the car and get back online and try and get back, join, rejoin a call. It's really stressful. You don't know when it's going to go. That's the problem. If we knew it was going to be gone from 11 to 2 or whatever the case may be, it might be a little bit easier. But it's just you just never know. In this day and age, it's uh, internet is one of the basic needs, like water, electricity. We need it now. There's so many things that we need the internet for. And if if we couldn't work from our cars if we couldn't work from our offices we would have been on the Covid payment because we would have been out of work essentially so we need to get this sorted My name is James O'Regan um, I work from home as an IT consultant I work for a company called Version 1 an IT consultancy yeah. so Why are you working in your car? Um, well 
basically I suppose it's the, the lack of internet uh, speed in our area and secondly the COVID situation due to lockdowns I had no other option to uh, come to the car park here um, I couldn't go to my parents or usually would go to my mother-in-law's but that was all um, off the cards when the, the lockdown came in and it's just unsustainable you can't work at the moment with the internet in our area um, you couldn't even do a Skype call so it's uh, it's ridiculous in this day and age that you have to come to a car park. But when you do come to the car park and you get connected, it's actually a sense of relief that you can do a day's work. But at the same time, it's difficult. Uh, you're sitting in the same position for seven hours. You have battery problems. You have to go home to charge your battery to come back again. Uh, it's just demoralising. You know, it's very frustrating. In this day and age, you should be able to work from your own home. I really think politicians need to take a serious look at this, especially in areas like Gagan. Like for example, you've got a fibre line just a kilometre away I don't see why they can't just extend that to service 50, 60 houses in the area Like it's, it's nonsense It's that time of the year your vacation is coming up you can already hear the beach waves feel the warm breeze relax and think about work, you really really want it all to work out while you're away Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. We continue this week's Farm Talk with their weekly Chagask Advisory. Business and Technology Dairy Advisor Padraig McCormack joins us and her topic is chlorine-free. By the end of 2020, chlorine will no longer be used in milking equipment or protocols. I started off by asking Padraig about the current grass situation on farms. In the last week or two, um, most farms around Cork are after getting a good drop of much-needed rain. So this means soil moisture deficits have improved around the county. From this rain, we have seen a considerable increase in grass growth rates on farms in the region over the last week. Growth is exceeding demands on most farms, so the focus now really should be about getting as much grass into your animals as possible. At the moment, really, cows should be going into pre-grazing cover of 1,200 to 1,400 kg dry matter per hectare, and you'll be aiming to hit residuals of about 4 centimetres. You should target a rotation length of 18 to 20 days and cover a cow of between 160 to 180 kg of dry matter per cow. For dry stock farmers, the target would be 12 days ahead. In terms of fertiliser, one unit of nitrogen per day should be applied to make the most of uh, grass growth. So this means really, if you're on a 20-day rotation, this is 20 units of nitrogen per acre per rotation. 
So over the next few weeks, really, the focus now will be on getting back to grazing good quality grass. And the key point, I'd say, would be to keep walking your farm and to make decisions around that. Okay, and the topic, I suppose, that we're focusing on this week is chlorine-free. So by the end of 2020 this year, chlorine will no longer be used in milking equipment products or protocols. First of all, I want to know, why is this the case? The main thinking behind moving to chlorine-free is as a result of industry standards are shifting and they now require that dairy products to be free of chlorine residues. The use of chlorine can lead to two residues in milk. These are TCM, which it affects butter, and chlorates, which is the other residue, which is important in the manufacturing of milk powder for infant milk formula. So really, it's going to be difficult to produce these products within the residue specs when chlorine is still part of the cleaning protocol. As a result, Arnua has passed a resolution to remove all chlorine-based products by the end of 2020. This applies to both on-farm and in processing plants. Different processes at the moment have taken different steps to enforce this. Many suppliers at this stage have changed over from chlorine-free products for bulk tank washing. But now there's a requirement to change over to using chlorine-free products for milk plant washing as well. So, for example, dairy gold suppliers are required to do this by the 1st of July this year. Okay, and what are the alternatives to chlorine then for, for farmers? Chlorine traditionally has been a very good disinfectant. So the changeover won't be simple and it's not going to be easy to find alternatives. But there are different options that um, you can make to replace chlorine. Firstly, with chlorine gone, hot water is essential. There's a necessity now for at least seven hot washes per week. And even some routines might require 14 hot washes per week. The critical thing about hot water really is that firstly, you need a starting temperature in the wash track of 75 to 80 degrees Celsius. And you have to need nine litres of hot water per unit. And the finished temperature must be at least 45 degrees Celsius. One reason maybe why your finished temperature may be low is because the wash is running longer than needed. So really, we tell farmers that 8 to 10 minutes is sufficient to wash any milking machine. The next step, I suppose, is that you have to increase the use of acid-based products. In the past, you might have had one acid wash per week, whereas now you need at least three acid washes per week. And even in some protocols, there's up to 12 acid washes per week. That's based on the new one-for-all products that are designed to disinfect, clean and sterilize. The next change is the use of parasitic acid, which is a replacement for chlorine. This is very effective against thermogenic bacteria and it evaporates so it doesn't have to be rinsed out after use. The critical thing really with parasitic acid is that it's an additional final rinse to be used twice daily. So you have to rinse out your detergent then you have a following rinse then with this parasitic acid. Finally, when looking at alternatives, you'll have to use higher caustic concentrations so caustic must be used at a higher rate than in the past and you can't recycle the caustic product anymore. For farmers now who are preparing for this, what kind of steps uh, should they be taking? And do you think it's going to be, you know, I suppose easy for them to adapt to this? The critical thing really is that you cannot just change from one chlorine-based product and you can't just replace it with another chlorine-free product. It's not going to be easy for farmers, like completely new protocols that need to be used. And I suppose my advice would be around this would be to contact your milk quality advisor or your Chagas advisor will help in that regard. Chagas have developed five chlorine-free wash protocols for the milk machine. You can view these on the Chagas website at the moment. Farmers need to choose which of these cleaning products will suit their farm best for their own situation. These protocols you choose will depend on if you have an auto washer, whether you're using traditional powder products, say, or even if you have a good supply of hot water for the morning and evening. For example, if you traditionally you use powder, you should stick with the powder option. This will incorporate more hot water and probably more acids instead of using your chlorine once a week. Also, if you have an auto washer, it may need to be recalibrated 
as a chlorine free products are thicker, so the rate of suck up is different. And you'll need to measure the amount of water in your wash truck as well just to get the right rate for your chlorine free products. So, yeah, I suppose it's a big change switching over to the chlorine free products. Like, in summary, really, the critical thing is that you cannot just replace a chlorine based product with a chlorine free product. And the protocols that you put in place, they have to be followed for the changeover to be successful. So as mentioned earlier, if you need help in that regard, contact your child advisor or your milk quality advisor who will be able to help you decide on your best option. Almost 40% of Irish consumers under 35 have increased their dairy consumption since the beginning of the COVID-19 lockdown as families and households have sought nutritional value, local natural produce and assurance of quality during uncertain times. The price, nutritional value and healthiness are the top three issues for consumers when purchasing foods, according to new consumer research released recently by the European Milk Forum as part of its Sustainable Dairy in Europe campaign to gain a better understanding of consumers' perceptions of sustainability, climate change and the challenges they pose in relation to the dairy sector. Chief Executive of the National Dairy Council, Zoe Kavanagh, says in these unprecedented times, it is heartening to know consumers are seeking out dairy products because they know they can rely on their natural nutritional value and they can be assured of the quality of locally produced Irish dairy. Almost all consumers say that Irish dairy produce is superior to other countries' produce and 82% of respondents so they want the Irish dairy sector to be successful and supported into the future. The National Dairy Council champions the role of quality pasture-based dairy and its nutritional benefits in supporting healthier, more active living. The private farmer-funded marketing agency works to promote and protect Ireland's dairy reputation at home and abroad. Former Love Island winner and Rugby Sevens player Greg O'Shea has been speaking to Lorraine Murphy about his links with the National Dairy Council. I'm lucky enough to be linked with uh, the National Dairy Council and the European Forum for Everything Start the Milk campaign and and it's perfect because I drink milk the whole time and it's a huge part of my diet so I was like yes 100% get me included get me involved and it's just great to support the local Irish dairy farmers as well I think there's about 60,000 jobs supported by the sector and they bring in over 4 billion I think um, with export revenue so they're a massive part of our country and they probably don't get the respect uh, they deserve do you know, it's funny, I was thinking about this. I used to drink loads and loads of milk as a kid and as a teenager. And then the older I got, the less milk. I can't remember the last time I drank a glass of milk. Oh. I wonder why that happens. Lorraine, you have to get back into it. I think because there's a bit of a thing around it that it's for, for kids to drinking glasses of milk. But to be honest, it is so cheap, readily available, versatile. And like, as a sports person, we get told, oh, you should be having protein, eating all this, all that. And like... It's right there in your fridge. Just pour yourself a glass of milk and you'll be sorted. So um, you have to get back into it, Lauren. Of course, you know more than anybody. It is a super important part of training and recovery as well. I think people forget about that. 100%. Like, you, you can simply break it down to, to three R's. So you, it repairs you with the protein. It refuels you with the natural carbohydrate. And it rehydrates you with water. So it's, it's actually perfect and it's so easy to get. And you'll save yourself a bit of cash. There is a mentality out there as well that protein shakes are the only thing for, for after exercise. How does milk compare then to protein shakes? Do you do both? Do you do one or the other? What would you recommend? Well, you could do both. And I was a big man for throwing protein into my milk um, when I was kind of growing up and starting gym and all that kind of stuff. But I decided then as I got older, I didn't even need the extra protein because there was enough in the milk. And then if you supplement that with a balanced diet, 
you don't need to be spending loads of money on all these supplements. Like It's just right there in the kitchen for you. And it took me a few years to realise that, but now I'm delighted with it. The Irish Cattle and Sheep Farmers Association is looking for clarity on the numbers of imported lambs. ICSA Sheep Chair Sean McNamara has called on the Department of Agriculture to publish the number of lambs that have been imported from the North and Great Britain since the beginning of the year. He says that the imports are causing disruption for local farmers who can't get quotes for lambs. He added that the situation is causing untold frustration amongst farmers. The Irish Farmers Association has welcomed the extension of the deadline for payment break applications for those whose income has been impacted by COVID-19. The chair of the Farm Business Committee, Rosemary McDonough, says the postponement to September 30th for first-time applicants is much more realistic and practical. She says that farmers who need this break must make sure they avail of the opportunity and avoid falling into the non-performing loans category. Irish businesses are urging people to buy Irish as the country emerges from the COVID-19 lockdown. The Champion Green campaign encourages people to support local. Farm Talk's John O'Connor has more details. Operators of the newly launched Champion Green campaign have calculated that if each adult shopper in Ireland were to spend €20 extra in local small businesses each week for the next three months, that is 12 weeks, this would boost the local economies by over €800 million. The injection of this notional €875 million into local towns and communities would reinvigorate communities as they face the post-COVID-19 reckoning. The Champion Green campaign has the backing of Kilkenny Design and Visa, together with Retail Excellence, the Small Firms Association and Chambers Ireland. Miss Marion O'Gorman, CEO of Kilkenny Design, creator of the Champion Green campaign, believes that shoppers against the background of the damage being caused by the virus should endeavour to support value-for-money Irish brands and local services. The payoff would be the retention or even creation of new jobs, both locally and nationally. Miss Jean McCabe, Deputy Chair of Retail Excellence, in appealing to the enlightened self-interest and survival instincts of Irish shoppers, points out that the COVID-19 problem is not the only threat facing us in the future. Brexit too is looming. The survival of Irish small businesses in communities across the nation will be the key to the recovery of our economy. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. A new €14 million fund to help Irish pubs reopen after COVID-19 has been announced by Diageo. The scheme is part of a two-year global plan to aid recovery in the sector. Hilary Quinn is from Diageo. Our ambition really is quite simple. It is to support pubs in Ireland in welcoming back all of their customers in the safest possible way and when they are ready to do so. You just register your interest in the Raising the Bar Fund by logging on to mydiageo.com and there there will be further details which will also be further announced in July. The IFA president has encouraged Diageo to extend this support to growers. Tim Cullinan says that growers had made a considerable investment in their malting barley crop before COVID-19 hit the drinks trade. He added that growers cannot be left behind. IFA grain chairman Mark Brown said the earlier drought conditions have had a severe impact on the tillage sector. He also says that at best many growers will have significant yield reductions, while in other situations entire crops are a write-off. A six-week hosepipe ban here will remain in place until July 21st. Managing Director at Irish Water, Noel Gleeson, explains why the ban has to continue. We did see some reduction in non-domestic 
demand, but but not enough to compensate for the big increase in, in domestic demand. So our concern is as, as, as businesses return, and now next week we'll have hairdressers and pubs returning, they'll be quite heavy consumers of water. If the domestic demand stays high and those new businesses start to come back and start to use water, then we will we will have uh, we may have issues. Now we go back to Macra's Munster Vice President Sean Wallace. I asked Sean about how his club Dunamore has been getting on over the last while. It's been a change. We'd be we'd be a fairly active club. We'd take part in in most competitions. We'd have a weekly sports night on t- on top of everything else. Um, I, I suppose. At the start, we we kind of moved to the weekly online quiz as a way of just getting members to meet up as part of the the Musgrave region. Um, that that kept going for a good bit. Um, I know there's been a couple of Netflix watch parties. We had our first outing physically again. There was a group of twelve people. I think played rounders, um, social distancing and all that, obviously. But it um, it, it was great to kind of see things slowly coming back to something resembling normality. Are you encouraging new members to join at the moment or is there, you know, is that halted for now? No, we are always encouraging new members to join. Um, I suppose we, we were slightly different to some other organisations that should be active in rural areas. Like I know, for example, the GA were quite limited in what they could do, um, given that, you know, you, you can't play a match virtually. <laughs> um, so we, we were able to keep keep some level of activity going over the last, over the last few months and that'll continue over the over the next while as well um for example our dairy stock judging our national rounds are meant to be held at the start of july um that's actually moving online in the next in the, in the next couple of weeks uh we have a pup father that was launched there only yesterday um so it's it's a good way we're, we're kind of slowly phasing back our physical physical activities and we're prioritizing prioritizing the things that you can do easily while social distancing and following all the other restrictions. What's going to happen with the rallies, Queen of the Land and all those other big events that, that you host? We don't have a decision made yet. I know we're, we're, there, there will be a discussion had in the next few days. We, we, we kind of had a stream of thought and in the, the, the latest um, round of announcements came. Um, so look, we are keeping it under review. I'd expect a decision in the next few days or weeks. Um, I, I know as far as um, Miss Mokra, which is meant to take place in the August back on the weekend, has been postponed until 2021, but there's been no decision made yet about the, the rally or Queen Land or any of the other big events towards the second half of this year. And if people want more information and to follow updates, is if social media, I presume Facebook, Twitter... Yeah, Facebook, Twitter, um, Instagram, we, we have our, our new TikTok channel, um, Makra are available on all those and there's the website as well, makra.ie. The Cork Summer Show 2020 takes place online this year, organised by the Munster Agricultural Society. The Cork Summer Show has been running in one form or another for over 200 years and this will be the first ever virtual show. Events and competitions cover a range of categories. Horses and ponies, cattle, sheep, goats and pigs, poultry, floral art, plants and horticulture, the 10-minute cook-off, children's crafts, pet show, agri-innovation awards, best-dressed competitions. By participating in this new Cork Virtual Summer Show, you will be supporting a charity in your local region. A full list of the chosen charities will be published after the show. Entry is easy and open to all, no matter if you live in Ireland or in New Zealand or anywhere in between. Judging will take place online on the 5th and 6th of July.
An interactive tourism map featuring over 600 places to see and things to do in Cork County has been launched. Cork County Council has created the unique interactive Rediscover Cork County map as part of Project Act. The interactive map provides a quick town link, giving a close view of what's within a town as well as providing links to dining and accommodation options. The tourism map can be found on Cork County Council's website, which is corkcoco.ie. Former County Mayor Charleville-based Councillor Ian Doyle says it's a fantastic initiative. We picked 23 towns within Cork County and what we hope to do is do uh, an individual map for each of these towns in their various tourist attractions, their local tourist attractions and also the facilities that they provide such as eateries, pubs, hotels, restaurants and walks. You hit on the button for corkoco.ie and you will get any one of our 23 towns and the facilities they have in, in board. A unique challenge has been put to the young people of Cork, encouraging them to engage in focused, positive and fun activities this summer. Cork Education and Training Board, in partnership with Cork City and County Councils, is piloting the We Are Cork Youth Challenge to give young people and teens an opportunity to jump into a fresh skill or develop existing talents. Participants will complete 20 tasks over the summer months and record their experiences for others to see. A €2 million community enhancement programme has been announced. Minister for Rural and Community Development Michael Ring is urging communities to engage. The programme provides small grants to enhance facilities in urban and rural communities and it has a focus on supporting groups in disadvantaged areas. The funding is awarded by local community development committees in each local authority area. €72,536 has been allocated to Cork County Council and seventy. €1,666 to Cork City Council. The closing date for entries for the Online Innovation Arena Awards is the 10th of July 2020. The professional services firm for the farming, food and agribusiness sector, IFAC, is delighted to support the awards in association with the National Ploughing Association. They include the IFAC Best Newcomer Award 2020, which recognises Irish businesses and entrepreneurs that are leading the way with their ag tech and ag engineering products for the industry. The Best Newcomer Award 2019 went to Herdai, an ag tech startup developing vision systems for livestock health monitoring. Owing to COVID-19, this year's awards have moved online with a digital ceremony taking place on the 15th of September. Thanks to John O'Connor for co-producing and contributing to the Farm Talk programme again this week. I'm Reid Tuig. Thanks for listening. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. 
This Mother's Day, treat mom to healthy, glowing skin with Osea's limited-edition skincare sets. Osea has been making clean, seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. Their advanced eye care duo brightens and firms skin around your eyes, while the Golden Glow Body Trio nourishes and smooths skin all over. Go to oseamalibu.com and use code MOM for 10% off your first order site-wide.